1: Good morning. It is Thursday, February 15th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the chairman of the U.S. House Intelligence Committee, Mike Turner from Dayton, Ohio. Uh-huh. He made a statement about a urgent threat to U.S. Sure. national security. He warned of a national security threat related to a destabilizing <laughs> foreign military capability. And that capability is so serious that he suggested that President Biden should declassify all information about
2: oh, it. Oh, Casey, surprise, surprise, surprise. We're in the midst of this uh, debate about uh, this little... Um well we're, we're not calling it foreign aid anymore we're not calling it money laundering mm-hmm. that the u.s is uh, doing in terms of uh, the little stalemate is the house is preventing the money laundering from happening of the uh, what is it 95 billion that's going to uh well you know we laid it out a country that doesn't even like us in ukraine and then of course hamas is getting four billion out of that and then taiwan's getting money yet we our official policy is the taiwan is still a part of china yet we somehow need the have the need to give them billions of, of dollars. And, and boy, what do you know, Casey? You take that, and there's a little stalemate there in the House standing up against that. And then, uh, you know, you got Putin doing that interview with Tucker Carlson, which is the most watched interview in human history. And, well, all of a sudden now there's some just top, flight national security emergency that the American people must know about. Casey, is this 2002 all over again? Because boy, (laughs) this sure seems like the days when George Bush used to run some bureaucrat out there every seven hours and let you know it's threat level red, it's Mm -hmm. threat level orange. People need to be on highest alert. It isn't that amazing how that just all seemed to work out at the same time. It is
1: weird, isn't it? It's like you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both and there, you have nukes in space. I feel like, you remember the (laughs) Muppets, and they did that skit, Pigs in Space. Now I feel like it's that. So, um, by the way, Mike Turner just recently got back from a visit with Zelensky.
2: Not not to be confused with Ike Turner. Correct. Not to be confused. It is not Ike Turner.
1: Not the same guy. But is this story just uh, to create pressure for the House to take up the supplemental funding request?
2: I'm pretty much at the point in my existence. I'm not going to say I give credence to all conspiracy theories, Mm -hmm. but- I'm not nearly as dismissive of conspiracy theories as I used to be because, let's face it, a lot of them seem to keep coming true. And at this point, given how disgusting our government is, There's nothing that would surprise me, and I am skeptical of everything our government does at this point. And I don't believe in any way that this is a coincidence that you have this guy who is a Zelensky cheerleader who goes over there to meet with this guy who's very clearly pro-give-the-money-to-the-Ukraine. Staunch
1: supporter of the Ukraine.
2: And all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, there's this national security emergency, and, boy, Biden, you just got to release all the info. Biden's probably like, what, what national—am I in charge of that? What are you talking about?
1: And and isn't it magical how all of this information is just being released now? Yeah. Uh, America America, uh, apparently facing this uh, national security threat. Uh, It's so terrifying that our own government can't tell us about it. The White House National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, he was addressing this warning of a potentially serious national security threat. Fingers crossed it's not true. But guess what? He said... He can't say anything about it publicly.
3: And I'm not in a position to say anything further from this podium at this time, other than to make the broad point that this administration has gone further Mm -hmm. uh, and in more creative, more strategic ways, dealt with the declassification of intelligence in the national interest of the United States than any administration in history. Uh, So you you definitely are not going to find an unwillingness to do that when it's in our national security interest to do so. At the same time, we, of course, have to continue to prioritize and focus very much on the issue of sources and methods we will do that. Ultimately, these are decisions for the president to make. But in the meantime, the most important thing is we have the opportunity to sit in a classified setting and have the kind of conversation uh, with the House intelligence leadership that I, in fact, had scheduled before uh, Congressman Turner went out today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: There is a national security emergency. I uh, agree with Ike Mike or whatever we're calling him today. 100 percent. It's called southern border. Yeah, it's right. It's right. Uh, Right in the country where you're living, Ike, Mike, it's called an invasion of three million plus illegal immigrants last year. So if we want to talk about national security and somebody potentially doing harm to the homeland, why don't you start by securing the southern border?
1: So this intelligence apparently has to do with uh, Russia wanting to put a nuclear weapon into space. Not that they would drop a nuclear weapon on Earth, but rather possibly use it against satellites, taking out all communication. Wait,
2: but, wait, 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 wait! But here's wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the best they can come up with in lying to us. <laughs> The best the – best, at, least, at least when Bush did it, it was like, hey, Saddam Hussein has nuclear weapons and you're going to end up in a mushroom cloud. Well, Saddam Hussein was a murderer and a thug and kind of nuts. Not kind of nuts. Was super nuts. And so he got a full year of milking the American people on that. At least it was a good lie. That's the best they can mm-hmm. do, that Putin mm-hmm. is going to fire a nuclear weapon into space. That's the – they sat around a table – And so we got to scare the American people and Putin firing a nuclear weapon into space is the best they could come up with. Who
1: knows if they sat around the table (laughs) or if uh, Mike Turner here is just going rogue and said, you know what, this is what we're going to (laughs) say. Of course, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, said that we're going to work together to address this matter as they do with all sensitive matters that are classified, except for the ones that end up in Joe Biden's garage. So can the security advisor tell Americans that there's nothing that we have to worry about right now? Is there a national security threat in space? Look, I
3: think in a way that question um, it is impossible to answer with a straight yes, right? Because Americans uh, understand that there are a range of threats and challenges in the world that we're dealing with every single day. And uh, those threats and challenges range from terrorism to state actors. And we have to contend with them and we have to contend with them in a way where we ensure the ultimate security of the American people. I am confident that President Biden, in the decisions that he is taking, is going to ensure the security of the American people going forward. And I will stand here at this podium and assert that look you in the eye with confidence that we believe that we can and will and are protecting the national security of the united states and the
1: american people you like ever, you ever right?
2: wonder what it must be like to be that guy and you're like my job is to be a total stooge <laughs> and just basically look people in the eye and lie to them every day
1: well he didn't even answer it <laughs> you know the question was uh can you tell americans that there's nothing to worry about and he said Well, it's impossible to answer that with a straight (laughs) yes. yes. there
2: clearly is something to worry about. You
1: can't say yes or no. It's called
2: three million people Mm -hmm. illegally entering the country. Most of them, we have no idea who they are. Many of these people from countries that absolutely hate us and would love to see us in a a mushroom cloud. Yes, that is 100% a, a national security issue and threat and should be addressed immediately. You know what I'm not worried about? Putin shooting a nuclear missile into space.
1: So Mike Turner said that he's requesting that President Biden declassify all the information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and that brain trust, and all of our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to the threat.
2: Now, we can't send Colin Powell to the U.N. to lie because he's not with us anymore. I don't even know who the U.N. ambassador is right now. For Biden. That's horrible. That's how irrelevant that person is. I don't even know. Should I know who it is? Is it someone famous? I'm going to look it up real quick. You
1: probably should know about that.
2: Ambassador Mm -hmm. Linda Thomas Greenfield. Who the hell is Linda Thomas Greenfield?
1: She's the U.N. ambassador.
2: <laughs> I didn't even know. Boy, we better, if you're Iran, aren't you? Like, man, we better really get it together. Linda Thomas Greenfield might, She's might, on the case. might lay the hammer down on
1: us. Okay, so when the president of the United States was asked about the Russian weapons in space, uh, Joe Biden's answer was, Happy Valentine's Day,
3: President Biden. Do you have any comment on Russia deploying nuclear weapons into space? President, Day. <laughs> ah! President Biden, is that the classified information
1: Russia considered? Happy Valentine's Day. Are you concerned about Russia sending? Yeah. roses space. are red, violets are blue. Um, Russians have weapons.
2: <laughs> it's just that's the best they could come you. up with. There's there... Was Happy
1: Valentine's well, Day. Well, that's the best. he came up with Happy
2: Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he has no idea that mm-hmm. any of this is going on. I'm saying that that's the best our government could come up with is that Russia might shoot a nuclear weapon into space.
1: Well, the representative from Arkansas, uh Bruce Westerman, he said it is concerning. If it's concerning, shouldn't the administration be taking it seriously so here's a little flashback to 2021 when uh biden's spokesperson you know uh jen saki the lady with her lifestyle show now uh she was asked about space force you would think okay space force this is the organization that's going to stop something like this right she was asked about that group and here is her answer
3: the president has made a decision on keeping or keeping the scope of space
1: force wow space force it's the plane of today. Um, it is an interesting question. Um, I am happy to check with our Space Force point of contact. I'm not sure who that is. I will find out and see if we have any update on that. Now, you didn't know who the U.N. ambassador was, right? I also don't
2: work for the Biden administration. You
1: are on the radio. <laughs> that is the spokesperson for the White House who did not know who the contact was for Space Force. But I, I want you to feel rest assured, Ron. Yeah. That Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, he says there's nothing to worry about.
3: I saw Chairman Turner's statement on the issue, and I I want to assure the American people there's no need for public alarm. We are going to work together to address this matter as we do all sensitive matters that are classified. And beyond that, uh, I'm not at liberty to disclose classified information and really can't say much more.
1: I feel better.
2: Um, we got to take a break. What are we doing next? What are we doing next?
1: You know what? We're going to talk <laughs> We we mentioned Wendy's a lot on yeah, the show. Yeah. We love
2: Wendy's. I, my my How, wife's uh... my wife's grandmother. Okay, I don't know why this is. Maybe somebody <laughs> can cuz you can get our station there. If you live in Columbus or Edinburgh area, <laughs> can you explain to me why my wife's grandmother gets these awesome like Arby's and Subway and Wendy's coupons and Hardee's and I almost never get these. Is there something about the the Columbus area? area? Yeah. But uh, she just got a whole bunch of awesome um, Wendy's coupons that are great. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. Well, they're doing they're
1: doing something new oh. that maybe they'll get a coupon. How for. exciting. But you mention often how our elected officials couldn't even run the local yes. Wendy's and Wendy's was in the news. So we have to talk about that. And also something happened on the Howie Mandel podcast that is interesting. <laughs> and those stories are on the way from 93
0: WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: 23 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So next month marks the fourth year that Wendy's has been selling breakfast. They entered the breakfast arena back in March of 2020 with a 20 million dollar investment, trying to compete against McDonald's. They said that breakfast would make 10 uh, percent of their sales. How's it going? They it, close 8.5 percent so far. They still say that it is a highly profitable day part, but they're trying to make improvements still. Uh,
2: if somebody is working for Wendy's and is hearing my voice right now, mm-hmm. we got to do something about the Brownsburg Wendy's because What's going it, on well, there? it seems like it is closed. Oh, it seems like there are times where it should be open that it is not actually open. And, uh, I wonder if that's a staffing issue. I think that's what it may be, but how could a Wendy's off an interstate have a staffing issue? Mm-hmm. A Wendy's off an interstate should be like a money printing factory, as in there <laughs> should be someone in the back, a busy crowded, keep in mind Brownsburg is off Interstate 74. A Wendy's off a Brownsburg interstate should be like a money printing factory.
1: Did I ever tell you that I worked at Wendy's? That was my first no. job. No. I was my first job. I was a, I, I worked my way up to crew
2: leader. How exciting. Yes. Was that your first job?
1: My first job ever. Okay,
2: so they're, uh, I didn't mean to derail that conversation. They're
1: doing I, something new to their oh, breakfast Well, if, if the
2: if the Browns or Wendy's would be open, they would be doing something new. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, they're going to try to add a new treat to their breakfast oh. menu from another fast food chain. What? Yes. So they're doing this partnership with Cinnabon. They're going to oh. start selling the Cinnabon. Oh. And other fast food joints have partnered with Cinnabon over the years. Yeah, 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 you yeah. might recall Pizza Hut did that a few years ago. Uh-huh. And then even last month, Subway had a partnership with Cinnabon for the footlong cinnamon hey, churro.
2: Time out. We, you mentioned Subway. You walked me right into this. Great job. I got another beef I got to, I got to gripe <laughs> about here. All right. And that is how the Brownsburg mm-hmm. Subway people handle the coupons. Okay. Yeah. So this is the only place I have this issue at at. They send us every, you get those mailers like once a month and it's got a page of coupons and somehow Subway became like $99 to eat at the Subway. You might as well just go to St. Elmo's at this point if you're going to the, the
1: Subway without the coupons. Am I wrong? No, you walked me right into my next point. And that is, you know, we got the consumer price index thing yeah. for January. Let, let me
2: finish this okay. first because I, we're going to get off this and I got to make a point here. Subway, and, go. Okay. So the Brownsburg Subway, <laughs> when you have the coupons, it is a somewhat still reasonable experience. Mm. Now, the days of the $5 foot long are long gone, but I get that. That's not their fault. I'm understandable. However, like $15 for a sub, way out of the price range. However, $6.99 for a sub doable and the Brownsburg subway now there's three of them so I'm talking about the one that I visit which is on what that'd be on the east side of town they're the only place I ever encounter this at where they actually closely examine the date on the coupon Mm. like when I get an Arby's coupon or Wendy's or whatever they're just like oh thank you very much yes hey enjoy we're glad you came to our they including like with I'm talking within days I'm talking about like sir this coupon was from 1999 this is no longer valid I had a coupon from the 8th of February, Casey. The 8th of February. Well, we A I went in there, I think, on the 12th of February. <laughs> and the guy knew. Yeah. Like, I've got the coupon. And he's like, there's like disdain in his voice. He's like, oh, are there new coupons? And I was like, I don't know, man. I just have this coupon. He's like, nope, that's no good. Oh. And I'm looking at the date going,
1: it's February. Maybe the it's 8th. a hassle for them. I said, "Well, I'm out of here because I am not paying full price. You didn't give them your business. No. Okay. No, well, I
2: got, so I got a new one. So if you know someone who runs the subways, the subway on the east side of Brownsburg, if you could have a conversation with mm-hmm. them about the militant nature by which they handled the coupons, <laughs> that would be very helpful because that's ridiculous.
1: All right. Now here's some advice for you. It's becoming cheaper for you just to eat at home. The consumer price index for. January it came out, it said that food prices are still up 1.2% year over year, but if you eat out at a restaurant, even Subway, it's an increase of 5.1%. I call bull
2: on that if you are able to use the coupons the way that I do, because I there's no way... There's no way I could make a foot long sub when you factor in time and everything else. Mm-hmm. Cheaper uh, th- for six ninety
1: nine? No, I think you could because you can buy like a bunch of rolls rather than just one. No, no, You'll no, You'll have no, a head no, no. of lettuce Jason, rather than this. just By the time you got lettuce for meatballs one. Meatballs
2: and the other meat that comes on it and the cheese and you're toasting it and your time. You got way more that how much you value your time at. What is your time worth? Two cents an
1: hour? You can be healthier too.
2: Oh, look at me, Casey. What? Do you think health has ever been at the forefront of my do- I'm poor, Casey. I am poor. It is a it is a time and money conversation uh-huh. and look, yes, Jason.
4: Rob can live on a a large cheese pepperoni pizza from
2: Domino's for mm-hmm. 3 days, Casey. Yeah, uh, that is not a joke. No, uh, I, I used to do this, he Jason. You used to well, do that, yes. When I lived in the back of the radio station, when we owned that radio station yes. in, in near Wilmington mm-hmm. and I I lived back there, I would buy a large Domino's This was in the were like the on size coupon, of a large, of yes, on coupon you could get it, whatever it was, $4.99 or $5.99 back then, and that thing would, I could get like four or five meals out of that thing, <laughs> uh, you don't even know how much I've evolved and how far I've come the past many years.
1: Okay, so McDonald's has been experimenting with Krispy Kreme, and now Wendy's is going to partner with Cinnabon, and I'm curious at 317-684-8444 which one would you prefer? McDonald's Krispy Kreme, Wendy's Cinnabon. Or
2: would you just prefer the (laughs) Brownsburg subway on the east side be a little more reasonable with the coupons? All
1: right, Jim Merritt is going to join us next, but before we get to that we're going to get you up to date with the news and it's 93 WIBC Good morning
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you
4: out here, the along, but days are lonely. I think of you.
2: I'm working on a dream. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey I'm Show. I'm Rob Casey's dream. here, and oh my goodness, look who it is: the nicest, most beloved man in all of Indiana politics and government, and he gave it
4: all up <laughs>
2: to be friends with us. And yep.
4: You're so excited when you talk about me (laughs) oh
2: my goodness well look here's the thing i say about you jim merritt the great jim merritt joins us now merritt is a true friend because merritt was told by a gajillion people you being friends with him is going to be the worst thing that could happen to you in this building when you were in the state house and you said i don't
4: care You're not wrong. (laughs) A man true to his convictions.
2: You said, I've been with you people for 25 years at this point. I'm sick of you. I'm ready to be a pundit. And boy, what a lavish and amazing life it's been for you ever since.
4: I'm having a lot of fun. I love being here every Thursday.
2: One of the great things about you is no one knows the institution quite like you. And I always admire the things that you get fired up about. And they are things that, I mean, it's just always such a great insight into how the state government works when you're here. You are so mad about the amount of bills that have been filed this <laughs> legislative session.
4: Well, it, 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 you know, on state house happenings, uh, Abdul called me a, a, a naive, but that doesn't mean that you can't uh, opine on the fact that you, it, there's such very little time, uh, in these short sessions. And uh, some of our leaders, uh, listeners may know that at one time we didn't have a short session. They met every other year, and that's what the state of Texas does now. But to have 400 Senate bills and 300 House bills and then have uh, countless hearings on one day, because w- when legislative session it starts sometime in January and by Constitutional they have to, uh, Sunday die, they have to adjourn by March 15th. And and so with Martin Luther King Day and de- days that they, they don't have to, President's Day, that they that they're not in session, they have to put all these committee hearings. And, and uh, our friend Nikki Kelly at the Indiana Capitol Chronicle had talked about having, they had like 20 hearings in one day. And so they're trying to smush uh, a, a a long session into a, a short session. And, and you really don't have good quality public policy mm-hmm. Uh, in, in in that type of situation. Casey, Casey, Th- things, real, real quick, Jim. Things happen.
2: Casey, uh, Jim pulled the numbers. Yeah. Would you like to take a guess? There's a House and a Senate. Would you like to take a guess collectively how many bills were filed this year in the quote-unquote short session?
1: Well... Didn't we just say 28?
2: No, no, no. He's talking about these are hearings in one day. I'm talking about every, all the stuff. Let's see. And there's, I will not hold you accountable to this because there's no way you would know the answer to this. And there was no way you would likely even get close. Would you like to just guess a random number Mm -hmm. of how many bills Mm -hmm. were filed between the House and Senate this year?
1: 77.
4: Boy, you would be uh, (laughs) times that by 10. 421 House bills. Wow. And three hundred and thirty Senate bills. So what is that? That's four
2: twenty-one. That's seven hundred and fifty-six bills <laughs> in the short session.
4: <laughs> yeah, and 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 I, you know, you can understand, and Abdul pointed this out to me that it's a campaign, it's election year. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think that legislative sessions, uh, w- at the beginning of the session, uh, most 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 times the legislative leaders would would kind of put an agenda out there. And you start the story of what you're going to do during the session, and you you put together what you're going to do. Then the state of the state comes along, and the governor says this is what he or someday she uh, wants to do during session, and then you have hearings galore. You you hear all these bills that they're not going to see the light of day, mm-hmm. and and people are coming to the state house thinking seriously that they're going to make a difference and so that's not making any difference you've you've cluttered the story and 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 by the end of session are they going to come back and say uh this is what we did this is what we didn't do probably not
1: no maybe not by the end of session but by the time they're campaigning they can say i introduced this bill i think what you're looking for and if i may quote the great elvis presley oh how about that a little less conversation, a little more action.
4: Well, this this session, everybody thought do no harm, mm-hmm. and and obviously people are putting their bills in the hopper that they believe is going to make it change, or 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 um, or introduce, introduce something new. And I guess my point is conveying to the citizens of the state of Indiana uh, your concerns about the future. And and with this session uh, having 700 bills and countless hearings uh, doesn't convey a uh, do no harm.
2: Jim Merritt, our guest. This is why I love our show. No no other show on this radio station is capable of doing the segment we just did right there. And that's why. Well, I'm just going to say we're the best. Uh, hey, so so uh, Nikki Kelly did an article at Capital Chronicle. We had her on on Tuesday talking about this, about how uh, the state Republican senator, she got access to 19 of those citizen mm-hmm. surveys and 18 of them said overwhelmingly property tax Fixing the property tax system is the desire of the constituents. That appears to be a clear majority and a clear direction of what the public would like them to do. But it there was a hearing on this just the other day uh, on the House side. It doesn't appear the Republicans want any part of this property tax conversation because they don't want to make the local government people mad.
4: Well, they're going to have to. Uh, we uh, back, in, back in 2007, uh, Bart Peterson was mayor of Indianapolis— Lost re-election because the the property tax issue, of which what his was not really his making the problem, and and so the legislature took that and saw that there was damage going on, and so they created a a, a, a constitutional amendment where they changed taxation in the property uh, category. Now now you shift forward fifteen or twenty years and it's back out of whack. And, and uh, Senator Travis Holman does have a commission looking at the whole taxing system. And so there wasn't going to have anything happen this session because it has a fiscal impact to the state. It has a fiscal impact to local governments, and it just adds pressure to what's going to happen in the 2025 session because – uh, Casey, they're going to have to work on property tax.
1: You had mentioned during your state house happening segment that um, they changed it back in the '70s, and then I know Rob has talked about many times they change it. I believe in 2008. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you said, yeah, every 30 to 40 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't seem like that's sufficient enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I only reviewed my personal budget every 30 to 40 years, I would never ever. <laughs> know where i stood on anything the, the last
4: thing state government is is nimble <laughs> and, and things things were kind of at a, at a cruise ship uh pace mm-hmm. and so they're going to have to uh, do something about this and and you know, we we talked on state house happenings this could have been a, a center piece of a governor campaign yeah you, nobody wants to touch it no and you could have talked about a reading uh, Johnny can't read in Indiana and I don't understand why the why the uh five or six can candidates for the governor's chair uh don't put this because this is right at the dinner table and and people are are suffering and it could have it, someone could have said this is what I'm gonna do about uh about Johnny can't read in 2025 this is what I'm gonna do about property taxes and and this would this is really what would be in, in someone's daily. Uh,
2: uh, just real quick and then I'll let Casey jump in here. I, I, I've i never understood this though, why? So they, they have this hearing at the house and these local government people come up and it basically seems like these lawmakers are almost subservient to these local government people. Why don't they just look at them and go, I don't work for you. I work for the people of the state. You are a local government agent, official, whatever. You also work for these people. Your Their home is not your piggy bank. Your budget's totally out of control this this assessment stuff is ridiculous get out of here you stop wasting my time or go fix this and you're going to work in the parameters like any other corporation that we set forth
4: well they hear, i'm sure i wasn't there and i didn't hear the testimony but they had this hearing because there's a there's there's pressure there's pressure everywhere Local governments are probably seeing an, a windfall because the uh, the house values the 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 home values have skyrocketed because of different factors, including the pandemic. And so there's a pressure uh, at the legislature to allow everyone to have their say. Nothing was going to happen with that that hearing. They just wanted people to be able to come to state house and say their piece on both sides of this issue because it. it It's incredibly important, and the legislature knows this. In 2025, they've got to do something about it.
1: So they've got House Bill 1120 that they're... Looking at is that going to do anything or is that? just I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> neither do
4: they, We just, Jim. We just said there's 700 bills. Never, right. they don't but, know either. But that though, seems Jim. like
1: that's an important
4: one. Well, well, 1125. I'm not sure what it is, but uh neither do they, Jim. Yeah. They don't know either. Yeah. I, don't know I, I don't know if it's past the house. I don't know if it's past the house. I don't know how the Senate feels about it. Bottom line is is. is Every every legislative session, the the leaders and the people of the legislature have to tell the story to convey to their constituents they care about certain things. And and right now, I'm not sure if if, if property taxes make the list. Regardless of that of those concerns, <laughs> when, when I was a state senator, those constituent surveys were my lifeblood it gave me some idea of what was actually you can't go knock on everybody's door you tried i tried but the bottom line was that if people if people cared enough to put that stamp on that on that card and send it back to you and maybe even added something to it, you paid attention to it.
2: Uh, merit in the Morning, that's the name of the podcast. You find it on Facebook. You find it on YouTube. You can see Jim's smiling face along with our old buddy, kloffensteinstein Stein. <laughs> and, and
4: Jim uh, Underline Merit.
2: Jim Underline Merit on Twitter. On Twitter yes, absolutely. Jim Merritt, you're a national treasure. <laughs> thank you.
1: Thank you. It's Kendall Casey on 93WIBC.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: Good morning. It is 9 minutes in front of 10. You are listening to Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC. Can we talk about Howie Mandel for a minute?
2: How exciting. Are we going to talk about Bobby's world? <laughs> You like that show? Oh, when I was a kid. So Howie Mandel, famous co- uh, comed- comedy man, comedic? Mm, Fam- comedian. Co- comedian, thank mm-hmm. you, yes. He later, uh, what was the deal or no deal? He was the the host there. Yep. And then, but he had a, a cartoon when I was a kid that was based on him. He kind of would intro the segments as a real, the real him. And then this... Kid was kind of loosely based on him, Bobby's World, and yeah. every every morning before school, I'd watch Bobby's World. And
1: then he have the little kid voice. Yeah. And his isn't he the guy who would take the latex yes. gloves from the hospital and put it over his nose and blow it up? Yes. Yeah. I try highly and do unadvisable. That. Yeah. No, you should
2: not do that. Don't, don't do, do that.
1: that. Yeah. Uh, he also, of course, he's a judge on America's Got Talent, and he's has an acting career, and now he hosts his own podcast. <laughs> of course, he does. Called Howie Mandel.
2: Oh boy. Very original.
1: Right. And he had Dana White as a guest, uh, the UFC CEO right. Dana White. Uh-huh. And something unexpected happened during the podcast. Howie Mandel was introducing Dana White, just gushing over him. I don't know. You can determine if this sounds sincere or not. But about 30 seconds in of Howie Mandel fawning over Dana White, Dana White just gets up and walks out.
2: Dana White, you are an amazing guy. You are I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, you and Ginger seem to be getting along. Um, you are not only an amazing businessman, you are an inspiration, you are a philosopher. The way you do business, the way you uh, conduct your business and your friendships and media is, uh, I'm, I'm jealous. And But Dana, I can't thank you enough for being here.
3: Thank you. For all the kind words, I appreciate it. I, I am so f***ing tired of doing podcasts. It's,
1: I, I'm literally done with them. I'm not doing any more podcasts. And that's him taking off his headphones and walking out.
2: I say 100% staged. You think so? Totally. Just Would, to okay. get attention? Okay, so let's, let's work through this because you've been in management and media if Dana White had been on Howie Mandel's podcast, would we have talked about it? Probably not. And are we talking about it now? Yes. And Dana White now, especially with that merger with WWE, I mean, he's, he was kind of before, but I mean, it's a super mega company now. TKO is the name of it. Uh, there's no way they would approve of this behavior given the size and scope of that corporation now totally scripted 100 percent. i'm calling bullcrap
1: um some people are saying that it was because he wasn't getting along with ginger billy who was another guest that was on the podcast and some people are even citing if you look closely at ginger billy's hands you can see a signal like do it now or Ginger Billy is signaling Howie Mandel for a side conversation that Dana White picked up on and didn't like that. Dana White, after he exited the podcast, he was citing fatigue as his reason. Like he's been on a lot of different podcasts. Oh, and poor maybe, baby. Did he oh, just reach his oh, limit?
2: Oh, oh, there's a there's a there's a guy out digging a ditch somewhere right mm-hmm. now who's been digging ditches all winter long and is like, You're fatigued from doing podcasts. From
1: sitting there talking. Really? Oh, poor thing, you nah, gotta go. And he's a staged. guest on the podcast. It's not like he's even the host where he's the one who has to prep for it. He yeah, just shows there's up. There's no way
2: he was that unprofessional. I mean, again, the guy is, you know, uh, he tries to not act like it, but, he, you know, he's the head of a large company, and they, there's no way he would behave like that or they would tolerate him behaving like
1: that. Okay, so we've got the NBA All Star game coming up this weekend in Indianapolis. And uh, apparently, Indy's ranking at the bottom of a new list. And we're going to get to that coming up on 93 WIBC.